Live from the Hot Stove Lounge, the Flames Talk post-game show starts now. Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, let's get our Flames Talk post-game show underway following a 6-3 Flames win over the Ottawa Senators to wrap up the first half of the season. A two-goal game for Yegor Sharangovich helps the Flames to the victory today. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk post-game show, and Yegor joins us right now for some post-game reaction. Uh, Yegor, congratulations on the win. How'd you like this one? How'd you like the effort for your team tonight? Thank you for, yeah, it's a big win for our team, you know, we have like two losses in a row uh, and, you know, we need to come back and, you know, we play it, I think, well this game and win 6-3, you know, after in a third period we started to play it more, you know, like a team, put it back deep, you know, win the battles and make a chances to win the game. What uh, what was the mood like? What was the conversation like in the locker room after the second period going to the third period tonight? Yeah, after second period, as we just said, you know, we need to play, you know, like a team smart on the blue lines, you know, put it back deeper and, you know, make a good four check, make a turnovers, you know, like, and I think we did all right and we win the game. Two goals for you, Yegor. Uh, they uh, one of them comes on a nice shot. One of them kind of bounces right to you. How did you see your two goals? How would you describe the two you scored tonight? Uh, first goal is just you know we uh, played well like uh, line. You know, Lindsay wins the battle on the in the corner, pass it. You know, great pass from the skates. You know, to the to Hubie and Hubie just finds me and the hash mark and Minion just put it in. And second goal. Uh, when Haney shoot it, you know, like he bounced to me and just put it to the net. And uh, last question for you, Yegor. How how comfortable are you feeling playing? You've played with Elias a lot, but now having Jonathan on your line as well. How how comfortable are you three feeling together? I think it's really comfortable because, you know, we talk a lot, you know, with Hubie, with Lindy, and... Yeah, we played well, you know, make it uh, a lot of chances, I think, and we need to just keep going, and maybe, you know, the last couple of games we not played well in D-Zone, and this game we played well in D-Zone, and because, like, we win the game. Yegor, congratulations on the two goals, and congratulations on the win, man. Thanks for doing this tonight. Thank you. That is Yegor Sharangovich post-game following a two-goal effort and a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Our Flamestock post-game show is underway on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Pat Steinberg along with you, Megan Mickelson, Derek Wills around the table as well. And uh, 6-3, your final score here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. And, you know, I, I guess the way I'd start, Mick, is uh, our marquee matchup brought to you by Country Hills Toyota tonight. We were just talking about how, you know, after that game Sunday in Chicago and how the, the last two games of the road trip went, not great in Philadelphia, even worse in Chicago. It's like they, they needed to win this game in, in some form or another. And, and that's that's kind of the biggest takeaway is that, you know, it was uh, it was a strange game in a lot of ways, but they, they scored six and they, they needed to, they got two points that they absolutely needed because that just was not a good way to finish off that road trip. Yeah, that was it for me. It was just their it was their response in the way that they 
came out, you could tell right from the puck drop that they were ready to play, that they had prepared to play a really good game. But then also the fact that throughout the course of the game, the momentum swings, any kind of ups and downs when the Senators had some sustained ozone time that they didn't waver from the way that they needed to play. So there was a lot of consistency in terms of the way that they stuck with their game plan uh, over the course of the night as well. So that was another really big takeaway for me, but also just Jacob Markstrom and how outstanding he was. He made some key saves at key times in that game. So he continued to be outstanding. Yeah, it wasn't uh wasn't close in the goaltending battle tonight, no. that's for sure. <laughs> no, and talking to some people who are around the Senators on a daily basis, uh, you know, I asked them what was going on with this team because I expected a lot more from them this season. They've got lots of talent at forward and on defense, and at the start of the year I thought they had a pretty good goaltending tandem as well with Anton Forsberg yeah. and Jonas Corposalo, but the numbers aren't good, and I'm told those numbers might actually be better than they should be. So the, the Senators are a team that plays a, a high-risk, high-reward brand of hockey. And when it's working, they can be tough to defend because they do have a lot of talent. And we saw that at times tonight when they would spend a lot of time in the offensive zone and get shots and get chances. And you know they did score three goals in a losing cause tonight. But I, I'm with you guys. I really like the way the Flames just kind of stuck with it to, to the best of their ability. And for me, this was a much different challenge than that Blackhawks game on Sunday. We knew that those guys were going to work because you had nine regulars out of the lineup, a bunch of guys trying to prove that they belong at the NHL level, and you knew their work ethic was going to be good if their talent and their experience wasn't, and it, it was. And the Flames didn't match that, and as a result, lost that hockey game. Tonight, playing against a much more talented Senators team, the Flames stuck with it, and they complete uh, yet another comeback. Uh, they actually are now tied for the NHL lead with seven wins when trailing through 20 minutes, and they lead the league with seven third-period come-from-behind wins. So you'll find a way, Flames, uh, find a way tonight, and uh, that's two important points for them. And back to 500 as they head back on the road. 41 games down, 41 games to go as they wrap up the first half of their season, 18, 18, and 5. couple of uh, milestones in this game tonight. We already knew that Michael Backlund-Wilsey was uh, going to play his 949th game, so he is now officially in the record books as tied for second all-time on the game's played list with Mark Giordano, but also two points for Nazem Kadri mm-hmm. tonight, and uh, he gets to 600 career points with a couple of third period assists so a few milestones in this game tonight as well yeah I was watching for a few uh, we talked about it pregame Pat on the Senators side of things Vladimir Tarasenko came into the game much like Nazem Kadri two points away from 600 yep. in his career he got a point but not two he's at 599 but Nazem Kadri with uh, two points I thought he had another outstanding game and uh, congrats to him on 600 let's uh, ch- uh, let's bring in uh, Mark Savard as well following a 6-3 win for the Flames over the Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddleham it's Pat Megan Derek around the table now the assistant coach of the Flames with us as well uh, Savvy what do you think of uh, this one tonight how'd you like the way your group stuck with it and found a way yeah, I thought we, we came out early. We came out hard. Uh, they got kind of a lucky bounce there off of uh, poor Kuznetsov, his first game. And then, you know, I thought the second, we, we were kind of feeling each other out a bit. But as you saw, we never gave up. We came out in the third and we took control of this hockey game. And we kind of had that feeling. You could feel on the bench and in the room that if we stuck with it, we were going to get that result we were looking for tonight. Well, you guys score six goals. What did you like from an offensive standpoint from the group? 
Well, I, I thought that, you know, we've been working on our pace in the ozone, moving it around and, uh, you know, rimming pucks out to the D so they can get a D to D and then getting, you know, pace away from the puck. But the big thing, as the third came on, we started to get some traffic. We needed to get more guys at the net, and that's how we got rewarded, I think, at the end of the game. But, uh, you know, we had some big efforts from a lot of guys here. You know, that Kadri uh, line has just been buzzing, you know, pretty much since they've been united together. Uh, Backlund's line again with, with Maggiapani back there. They seem to have found something. And then, you know, Hubie's getting some points playing with Lindy and, and Sharky. So, uh, you know, we're, we're rolling pretty good right now, you know, and uh, hopefully we can keep it up. Speaking of Sharky, uh, otherwise known as Yegor Sharangovich, two more goals tonight. He's got nine goals and 16 points in his last 16 games. How far has he come since the start of the season? Well, it's really been uh, quite special, to be honest with you. You know, when he came in, you know, we saw the skill he had right at the beginning of training camp. Uh, you know, there was some, some some spots to work with him in, and you know we've been working with him a lot, and and he's really taken taken pride in what he's doing, and you're seeing the results on the ice, and you know he uh, you think uh, Connie's made a great deal there. Uh, we got a young guy with a lot of talent. Uh, he can shoot pucks, obviously, like we're seeing, but again, he's uh, he's really rubbing off with Lindy. They they seem to have a good connection with, and now Hubie's playing some good hockey too. So uh, hopefully that line can take off. But he uh, he's digging in more, and and he's getting the results for it. Uh, Mark Savard, Flames assistant coach with us following a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. What? Uh, how many How many sticks did you tape tonight? <laughs> well, I'm still taping Hubie's sticks. So I, I went from black to back to white, but a uh, little, little bit of puck yeah. around, around the outside of it. So, uh, and, and sometimes I forget because he does it between periods, so he puts it right outside the coach's office, and I'll walk out, and I'll be like, oh, I forgot. So I, but, I, <laughs> but I keep taping it, and as long as he keeps putting up numbers, uh, I'll keep doing what's it. The, like, what's the most you could do in on on for one game day like how many could you do if guys oh. started wanted you wanting you to do it well in junior like when i was coaching those spitfires yeah i, I think i had like six sticks to do before the game it was unbelievable but uh, i enjoy doing it so it's it's a good thing um you uh you finished your nhl career with just over 700 nhl points uh nazem kadri hit 600 tonight that's uh you know there, there's a guy that you've played against and uh and now now a guy that you're coaching just how cool is that to see a milestone for nazem it's amazing uh you know i, I gave him little bump there and I said they're starting to add up and, and he, he had a laugh and he wants to get a thousand obviously and that's that's everybody's dream probably but uh, yeah he's played some excellent hockey it's been a real pleasure coaching him uh, you know he's he's really brought a great attitude this year and, and having a lot of fun and you can see he's playing with the kids and and they're enjoying each other but uh, he's been uh, I, I would say probably one of our best players all season long from 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 the start of the year so uh, hopefully uh, he can keep doing it and those numbers keep adding up. Uh, Jan Kuznetsov makes his NHL debut. What did you see from him tonight? Well, great first shift, I thought. Uh, you know, two good two rips from the point. But uh, a big guy, skates really well. He's long, he plays long. And, uh, you know, for a first game, I thought he did a great job. Uh, Savvy, earlier you mentioned uh, Hubie, a.k.a. Jonathan Huberto, who's now got six points in six games since snapping a career-long 12-game pointless streak. Are you seeing big differences in his game, or is the puck, finally just doing what he wants it to and he's getting some breaks offensively well yeah you know as, as a point guy when I when I played you know you got to get those breaks too because you know even before we headed out on the road trip he, uh, trip he could have had four or four points that night I remember he set up Gibby on the on the maybe the winning goal that night and you know they just don't all go in at once but uh, you're seeing him stick with it uh, you know getting rewarded for it getting some bounces you know the, uh, in Chicago he gives it to Maggiapani he throws it in front hits a guy goes in so he's starting to get those breaks but he's he's working so as long as he keeps working hopefully that keeps he keeps getting rewarded because he, he's a good guy he's a good human mm -hmm. and uh you know the boys love him and even when he was having the tough go there anything he did well you know i could see the guys tapping him trying to get
get him through it, and, and hopefully he's on the other side of it right now. Last point, you're now halfway done the season, and uh, you got 41 games to go. Just from a coaching standpoint and inside that office, what, what are some of the things, what are the uh, some of the areas of development for the group as you move in to the second half of the season? Well, I, I think a big focus is just keep working with the young guys too. You know, we don't want to lose them. We want to keep them focused and, and, and bring in that consistency, which they've been able to do. So that's a big thing. If that's the toughest thing. I think when I came in the league, that consistency, being ready to be a pro every night, and they got some good leaders with Backlund, obviously one of the best pros I've seen, uh, Lindy, and, 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 you know, the list goes on. So uh, we keep working with those guys, um, and then, you know, hopefully the, the veterans keep doing what they're doing, and, and we can get on a bit of a run here. It's going to be a nice trip. The fathers are coming, and yeah. uh, it's going to be a lot of fun for those guys and, and cherish those moments because they, they, they don't last forever. Congrats on the win. Thanks for doing this, Mark. Thanks, guys. That's Appreciate Mark Savard post game, uh, assistant coach joining us here as the Flames take a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, losing skid snapped at 2, and the Flames finished the first half of their season at 18-18-5. and five. Uh, With Derek and Megan, it's Pat with you on your Flames Talk postgame show here on Sportsnet 960. The fan phone lines are open, text lines open. We'll get there as we continue along on this uh, Tuesday night. Right now, let's select tonight's hardest working flame. Brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Are you the hardest working plumber or HVAC tech? Canyon's hiring Send resumes to jobs at canyonplumbing.com. Megan Mickelson's on the clock with tonight's hardest working flame. Uh, I'm going to give this one to Noah Hannafin with a goal, two assists, plus five, team leading 24 minutes and 47 seconds of ice time. He had a total of six shot attempts. But for me, it's just the way that Noah Hannafin plays at both ends of the ice. He's so good in the defensive zone, especially with his stick. He has a great stick and uh, intercepts a lot of plays, but also makes, you know, really smart plays in terms of breaking the puck out, often joins the rush right from the breakout. And then in the offensive zone, just the way that he's been activating and jumping down off of the blue line to generate offense and making reads of when to pass and when to shoot it. And that was on full display tonight in terms of, you know, the way that he was putting pucks on net whether he was shooting or passing but I just thought that he had a a really solid night and continues to be really good for this group. Noah Hannafin is your hardest working flame brought to you by Canyon Plumbing and Heating. Want to get recognized and rewarded for your achievements? Learn from the best. Send your resume to jobs at canyonplumbing.com Can I offer uh, a runner up? Sure. Sure. Martin Pospisil. I almost named him a star. Holy, yeah. he was I almost named him a an star. absolute thorn in the Senators' side tonight. A career-high seven hits, had an assist, and was just under their skin from start to finish. And, and that's a fun brand of hockey to watch. Forget the assist, which is a nice bonus for him. He earned it. But uh, him throwing his body around with reckless abandon, uh, including a big open ice check on a guy who's hard to knock down, Senators' captain Brady Kachuk. One heck of a game by Martin Pospisil. Yeah, he had uh, he had the sends. Uh, it's funny because Craig Conroy joined us earlier on uh, Tuesday on Flames Talk uh, to kind of break down the first half of the season and was like one of the things like, yeah, I like it when other teams are trying to kill Marty. <laughs> and, and the sends wanted, uh, they were at his throat all mm-hmm. night. Uh, they didn't like a few of the hits. They thought he took some liberties, but that's what he does, and that's what he does best playing. 
and on the edge. And, yeah, I almost named him a star tonight because I thought he was, uh, even though he only had the one point, I thought he was a big-time impact maker for the Flames. And, and one of the things that you keep going back to, Wilsey, is, you know, even when he is not recording points and yeah. isn't showing up necessarily on the score sheet, he's doing other things to, to help the Flames win. And you know what? Nazem Kadri, a centerman, and Connor Zary, his left winger, have been piling up the points. I think one of the reasons why is because he gets in there in the forecheck and he bangs and he crashes and he opens things up offensively for those two guys. So, yeah, even when he's not getting rewarded with goals and points, and it was good to see him get an assist tonight, he finds a way to impact almost every game that he plays in. He's uh, He's been a revelation for me because with all the injuries that he had to deal with in the first four years of his pro career, he missed more games than he played in mm-hmm. because of injury. I didn't really know a lot about him or what to expect from him, but another guy who's come up from the Cal- Calgary Wranglers and who has given the Calgary Flames uh, some good minutes this season. Um, okay, we'll uh, get to head coach Ryan Huska very shortly. He uh, just started his uh, post game media about a minute ago, so uh, it's been a uh, it's been a long post. It must have been a long uh, long media avail in the Flames room tonight. Um, we'll we'll hear from head coach Ryan Huska very shortly. Uh, more trips inside the Flames locker room, uh, and we'll get your final thoughts in a second as well. But just bef- before we get there. One half of the season is done. They're at 500. They're 18, 18, and five, and uh, they've got a you know they've got a tough road ahead of them if they want to get where they want to go. And there's a, a lot of things hanging over the organization as we move towards the trade deadline. As we're exactly 60 days away from it, as we sit here right now. But just uh, kind of reflections on the first half as uh, the Flames start the second half on Thursday night, Meg. Yeah, I think. As a group, they've faced a lot of adversity and had to deal with a lot of outside noise, distractions, all of those things. But sometimes that can be a good thing in terms of building strength, building chemistry, um, and just building a really great environment and sense of trust amongst a group in the locker room. So we've seen, seen a lot of good things and a lot of scary things in terms of you know you look at the loss on Sunday to Chicago and to me those you know that's you know a little bit frightening in terms of how this group can go from one end of the spectrum to the other so you know I think if there's one thing moving forward for me with this group it would just be a way to find more consistency in the way that they show up on a nightly basis but you know, there's a lot of players that have been really, really good, and it's been talked about a lot, but it, the young players that have come up and just really pushed those older players in terms of, you know, there's that healthy competition within the locker room. I know what that's like to be an older player on a team, and you have young players coming in, and they're pushing, and they're grinding, and they want to take your spot. But at the end of the day, it makes you better as a player, as an older player, and it makes the team better. So I think that's been, you know, a a real bright spot is those young guys coming up and playing so well. And then obviously Jacob Markstrom, like he's been from day one, his numbers weren't great early on, but from day one, he's been absolutely outstanding. The offense from the defense, that's another big storyline, the way that they've been able to step up and to contribute. And then, uh, you know, just slowly finding their way. So for me though, I would, reiterate the fact that they need to find a way to be more consistent I mean you hit on a lot of the things that I was thinking of I mean I'm not going to sit here and say that I think they're where they want to be halfway through the season 
Of course they're not. They're 500. They didn't expect to be 541 games in. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't expect to be outside of a playoff spot 41 games in. Uh, they were two points out to start the night, and they're two, still two points out, but they did climb over a team. As a matter of fact, uh, they climbed over the team that they're going to play on Thursday night, uh, the Coyotes. They did not. Uh, the did Coyote, they end up winning? Coyotes won in oh. overtime. Just to erase that from the podcast, as uh, you like to do, Pat. But <laughs> yeah, this is a team that... Uh, was trying to get more from their top players for most of the first half. But we've seen some of those guys turn the corner. You talked about Jacob Markstrom. He has been, I wouldn't say back to Vesna trophy form, but a lot closer to that than what we saw from him for most of last season. He's been really consistent and good from start to finish. I think about the, the big pending UFAs. I think Chris Tanev has just been Chris Tanev. I, I'm not sure it's had a huge impact on his game. Uh, I think it has weighed on Elias Lindholm at times, but you know, he's kind of turned the corner a little bit of late, and we're starting to see him play with a little bit more of that edge that uh, he's best when he plays with. And then there's Noah Hannafin, whose value keeps going up and up and up, <laughs> probably internally and externally. He's having a career year. He had three more points tonight. Uh, he's on pace for 14 goals this season, and, and I think he's playing, if not the best hockey of his career, then some of the best hockey of his career. Uh, and then there are the... The two big guys up front, Jonathan Huberto, six points in six games since he snapped his 12-game pointless streak. Uh, Andrew Mangiapane, uh didn't get uh, a point tonight, but he's got seven points in his last six games. And the Flames needed those two guys to start chipping in offensively, and of late they have. So I, I've been of the opinion that this team has been trending maybe slower than they would have liked, but trending in the right direction since the end of October. But they put themselves behind the eight ball, by starting 2-7-1, and one. and since then, they're actually, they were five games below 500 in the first 10. They're five games above 500 in the last 31. But uh, there's a long climb ahead. All you can do is chip away one game at a time. The Flames did that at home tonight. We'll see if they can do that on the road as uh, they head on the father's trip here. Uh, okay. Um, phone lines are 403-240-4444. Text line at 960-960. Stand by for head coach Ryan Huska. We'll hear from him very, very shortly. Final score, 6-3. Flames beat the Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddledome to uh, sweep a one-game homestand. Uh, they're off on the road to take on the Arizona Coyotes and Vegas School. The nights starting on Thursday. But let's get some uh, final thoughts from our broadcast crew following a 6-3 win, starting again with uh, Megan Mickelson. Yeah, I think this is the response that they needed in winning this game tonight. But now you have to build on it uh, and make sure that you don't take another step backwards. They can't afford to keep taking steps backwards. And for me, you know, another thing in just thinking about where they go go from here and what the rest of the season looks like obviously in the coming weeks there's going to be some things likely happening uh, and what will determine the success of the team at the end of the season is how you manage that as a group as a leadership group but also as individual players on a daily basis and you show up and making sure that you're holding yourself accountable for the way that you're showing up and playing every single night but I think you know the way that they showed up and they played tonight uh, it's a good sign. Something I should have touched on in our last conversation was how the young players have impacted this team. You know, and Connor's area more so than anybody else, at least to this point, but also Martin Pospisil. And you see 
Jan Kuznetsov come up tonight, make his NHL debut, and I thought he played a pretty good game, mm-hmm. especially early, yep. when it looked like we might get some offense from the defensive defenseman. Had two shots on his first shift, and I'm looking forward to, to watching that pipeline continue between the Wranglers and the Flames. Great to hear that Jacob Peltier and Kevin Rooney have been cleared medically for contact. Uh, they've gone down, and uh, hopefully we'll both be back up sooner rather than later. And you talked earlier about the internal competition, Megan, and uh, the more guys you have pushing for uh, one of your 12 forward spots or one of your six defense spots, or you've even got Dustin Wolf waiting in the wings, one of your two goaltending spots. I think the better off you're going to be as a team and as an organization. So tonight, uh, again, I admire their stick to you know, they fell behind one nothing, 2-1, and 3-2 in this hockey game. Battled back to tie it all three times, and the game's up for grabs going to the third period, and the Flames just stuck with their game and score four unanswered goals to to beat the Senators by a final score of 6-3. Of to three. So it was two points they had to have. They left two points on the table against the 31st overall team and the Blackhawks on Sunday. They couldn't leave another two on the table against the 29th overall team mm-hmm. in the Senators tonight. And they didn't. So they get back to 500. We'll see if they can get above it uh, for the second time since October on Thursday night. Uh, all right. Uh, have a wonderful rest of your Tuesday night, friends. We'll uh, talk to you tomorrow. Thanks, Good night, Pat. Pat. Uh, Megan Mickelson and Derek Wills signing off as the Flames take a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. I'm just getting Ryan Huska in right now, so we'll be able to play that in about two seconds' time. Uh, Flames will now head on the road for two against Eric. Arizona and Vegas before coming back home for a little bit more than just one game. In fact, uh, after they return home from Vegas, they'll kick off a six-game homestand, which will be a much longer uh, and extended stretch of time here at the Dome. Let's hear from head coach Ryan Huska. He just wrapped up inside the Ed Whalen Media Lounge a couple seconds ago. Down, heading into a third period, but to fight back from your group in the final 20. Yeah, I, I did, and I, I didn't mind the, the first two periods. I thought we were playing a good game. It's just we are on the wrong side of the, the score at, at that point. But there was a lot of push from our guys in the third period, and uh, it was really nice to see. This is a tougher game. Like, you play the four on the road. We change time zones. You come back for one. Um, so I was really proud of the way the older guys came to play and how the younger guys followed. Um, in terms of those younger guys, I mean, we, we've asked you about Connors there so many times, but yeah. it felt like in, in big moments he played a big game. Yeah, I thought he was really good tonight. I thought that line again was good, and, and Martin in you know a little bit less time on the ice. I thought he had impact tonight too. Um, the straightaway speed, he was physical. He did a lot of good things. So that that line, like we keep going back to it, but they've been really consistent for us this year. After the Nashville game, you were sort of asked about him, and he had said that he hadn't liked the way he played the couple games previous to that. Um, what's been his key? Because it hasn't felt, you know, as, as not as smart about hockey as you guys, that, that he's had a drop-off as a rookie. But What did it look like? Or? Well, well, just what's he done to sort of stay consistent? Um, I, I think he's, one, he's pushing himself. He doesn't want to leave here. He wants to make sure that he's staying uh, as an NHL player, not just for the foreseeable future, but long-term. Um, and I think he he understands that the way he plays the game when he's when he's sharp and he thinks it well that he has impact every night and that's when he's at his best like you you see him tonight those are the types of games that he plays he controls the puck he makes good plays with it and he's got great composure. What have you seen of his play away from the puck that's evolved since he got here, Ryan? Um, <clears throat> I, you know, he was always a centerman a lot when we looked at him. Um, so I. I you try to think of him as, as how does he project as a center, but um, after exhibition season, we kind of felt like this guy 
because of the the ability that he has with pucks and um, the energy that he brings around the room. Like it's hard to be a young centerman in this league, and I think his skill set allows him to play really well with someone like Naz. So keeping him on the wall, I think, has been a good thing. I think he's found a home there, and he'll probably end up staying there. At what point does it go from playing home that's on quite a hot streak to oh my God, we almost expect this outcome? Um, well, we're probably there now. Like he's done a lot of great things. We've talked a lot about him and Michael, and and now that line's been back together. I, they have good chemistry, the three of them. So in the offensive zone, they do good things. They're a, a, a trio that does a lot of the heavy lifting in regards to playing against top lines, and they take pride in that. And that line, and I also think Elias's line lately with Jonathan and Sharon have had a little bit more life. I guess you can say they're making plays, and they look like a, a dangerous line more often than not. You feel Jan Kuznetsov looked. I thought he looked good tonight. I thought he did a good job for his first game. So we're we're happy that he was able to get it in. And now, it's the nerves are all gone. Now it's just try to keep getting better every every game. Did you say something to him when puck bounces off him? No, I, I didn't at that time. There's some things you can't do anything about. I mean, I, it's a, it was a tough bounce, but I thought he rebounded well. A half and plus five three yeah. points. Might have been his best game I've seen him play. Like he was really good for us tonight. The skating wise, um, how he handled the puck, um, he was in the rush a lot. Um, he did a lot of really good things for us tonight. And whether or not it's dads in town, I don't know. But if that's the case, they should stay here all the time. Talking about Noah and the defenseman joining up on the rush, yeah. do we talk enough about how important the D is to creating offense for this team? Well, if you remember when we were struggling early on in the year they were the guys that were scoring you know while we were waiting for everybody else to get warm um and i think it with the skill set that for sure three of them have um they bring a lot to the team because they typically make good reads as to when to go so it adds another threat and something you have to defend and we have some guys that are comfortable joining Throughout the year, we've seen speculation about Noah's future with this club. I was just curious from your vantage point, from what you've seen with him on the ice, how you feel he's been able to play through that and, and, and go about his business on the ice, even though there's been a lot of questions about whether or not he'll stay or get traded. Yeah, I, you know, he's, uh, he's a pro. Um, so whatever shakes out, shakes out. You know, for me, I'd love to see him here long term. Um, but Noah's, uh, I think he understands what, he just loves to play the game. He's one of those guys, so whether there's some noise around him or not, I don't know if that really affects him because he enjoys playing it. So he's he's done a really good job. Can the dad's trip kind of give your guys a bit of a breather from the grind that you're in right now? It's kind of tough schedule. I think so, and I think that's what helped us today, honestly. You know, this, like I said earlier, it's a tough one coming back after that the four games with different time zones, um, having a, a really poor outing in Chicago. This is a tough one to get up for. And um, as I mentioned, the leaders did a good job. But I also think it's there's a little bit of something extra there when they know dad's watching from upstairs. These are really cool trips, um, not just for the dads, but for the players as well. And even if they've had them on a trip before, it's still the same. It's, it's a really cool thing to be able to do. So we're lucky that our, our players get to have that experience. Michael uh, Backlund sure looked like a proud dad as his daughter was reading the lineup. How, how special of a moment was that? That was pretty cool. There was, a, there was a few little waterworks around our room before the game. I didn't know if that was the best thing, but um, Michael's an emotional guy, and I loved it. His daughter did a fantastic job, so it was a great way for us to get going tonight. 
That is head coach Ryan Huska, and if you missed it, uh, yeah, Michael Backlund's daughter did uh, the starting lineups in the Flames locker room, which was uh, which was pretty neat. You can check that out on the Flames socials. It's uh, it's out there for you right now. It was pretty cool to see. So uh, go check that out if you uh, yeah if you like to if you like to be touched if you like the uh, if you like the emotional stuff. Uh, it was pretty neat to see uh, Michael Backlund and the Flames. By the way, congratulations to Michael. Nine hundred and forty nine career. NHL games. He is now officially tied with Mark Giordano for second on the all-time games played list. He will move into sole possession of second on that list uh, coming up on Thursday against Arizona. Right now we're breaking down a 6-3 Flames win over the uh, Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's Pat Steinberg along with you on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a call, 403-240-4444 Fire us off a text at 960-960. We'd love to hear from you as uh, we get to your phone calls and your texts around the corner. Uh, Flames win 6-3, your final score here at the Dome tonight. Give us a call, get us your texts in, more of you and more post-game reaction from inside the room when we come back. This is Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The Flames Talk post-game show continues from the Tot Stove Lounge on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Your final score, Flames take a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It's Steinberg along with you on your Flames Talk postgame show. We're available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Give us a call, 403-240-4444, or uh, fire us a text at 960-960. We'll get to your phone calls and texts in just a couple of minutes. thought it was, hey, you know what? Uh, first of all, the Flames could not lose this game was uh, just talking to Corey Sarich about that with uh, with Logan as well. Like, you cannot go back-to-back against Chicago and then Ottawa and lose that hockey game. They were down 3-2 after 40 minutes of play. I didn't think either team was particularly outstanding tonight. I didn't think there were, you know, I, I thought it was just, it, it was a game that counted in the standings. That's, uh, that's how I would describe this one. Um, now, some really solid individual efforts. Noah Hannafin, really good. Plus five, three points. You know, the, the cadre line was on it once again. Thought Backlund had a burr in his saddle uh, playing in his uh, playing in his 949th game to tie Mark Giordano. But, you know, just as a game, it was kind of a, it was not what you would call um, a masterpiece. It was, uh, it was a night that got played, and the Flames still... They, the most important thing was they needed to figure out a way to beat the Ottawa Senators. And so they scored four in the third. Had they only scored two in the third, it wouldn't have mattered. Um, They got the win, and now you can move on. You've got an Arizona team that's one point ahead of you in the Western Conference standings coming up next, and you you just gotta keep on keeping on. The decisions that are going to be made in the next 60 days or so, they're going to be made, but the Flames inside the locker room have got to just keep on pushing through, and well, here's what I know for sure. They need to limit the amount and and maybe completely eliminate the amount of Chicago losses that they have from here until the end of the regular season. That's going to go a long way if they're going to be where they want to be come, uh, oh, say, the regular end of the regular season when it's all said and done. Okay, uh, a couple more goals for Blake Coleman. He now leads the team with 17 on the year. Coleman's on pace for 34 goals this season as he gets to 17 with a couple tonight including the game winner let's hear from Blake Coleman inside the Flames locker room following a 6-3 win tonight 
Good Everyone ready? Yeah. Um, it's a big win for us. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of good things to celebrate. Guzzi's um, first game, backs milestone night, Cads, um, and then obviously just the response after uh, two disappointing losses was was big. Uh, great third period. What made you score a couple of times? Like what what made you so dialed in tonight? Would you say on game? Me personally? Yeah, yeah. Um, it wasn't much going for me in the first couple, and you know, our lines, you know, the goal was was with the other line, but our line's pretty positive in the sense that uh, we know we can flip that switch and get things going when we need to, and um, you know, that, that positive or that uh, reinforcement of positivity just usually keeps us going. And uh, I thought we played a great third period, and um, that was collective as a team. I thought uh, I take myself out of it. I thought guys made some really big plays when you them. Marquis, some big saves, and uh, like I said, big win. Sorry, what was the approach after the third period when you guys were down in the locker room? What was that like? Well, well we didn't have to look too far to, to know that we let a game get away from us uh, in Chicago the other night. Um, you know, being tired with all the travel, we were tired again tonight, but so is everybody in this league. It's a grind, and you know, we're home ice, you got to find ways to win. There's no excuses, and um, you know, I think we just. We looked at our recent experience and knew that we needed to come up with some plays, and, and uh, to guys' credit, we did. Can I ask you about Connor's area? I mean, he got the goal, a beautiful goal, and an assist, and also I thought he did a really nice work on the boards to help out with Hannafin. Uh, for a rookie like him coming in, he's just been so consistent. Yeah, he's been a great, great addition to our team. Um, you know, he plays with, with a poise that not a lot of guys have at that age and that experience level, and, you know, he's willing to make plays. and. Um, but he's not a high. I don't think he's a high-risk guy. I think he he manages the puck well. He plays a smart game, and, um, and he plays both ends of the ice. So um, you know, it's it's a long year, and it's gonna, he's going to have his ups, his ups and downs, just like everybody else. But uh, he's made our team significantly better. It's almost symbolic that you know Backlund probably just scored that empty netter himself, but decided to give it to you. It's the kind of guy he is. Well, he's, yeah, he's the captain for a reason. Um, you know he's uh, he's a great leader, and again milestone night for him. Uh, not once, but twice he tried to <laughs> to give it to me. So uh, you know he's he's a great great friend, great teammate. Um, you know a guy that you love to play beside. I obviously get to see a lot of him uh, and spend a lot of time with him. But uh, you know very happy for him, and you know obviously special that his family could come in and and uh, read the starting lineup. I know it meant a lot to him, and and uh, you know anytime. A guy like that can have a special night. Uh, we're happy for him. Like how about the, the save Markstrom gave you tied 3-3 just before your goal? Yeah, say? we just touched on it. Uh, when we came in here, it's we don't win, probably don't win the game without a lot of his big saves tonight. Um, but that one stands out, obviously, with the tie tie game and in the circumstances we were in. But uh, yeah, he's been great all year. Tonight was no different. He's just really calm and composed, and uh, it seems to just kind of bleed through our locker room um, the way that he plays back there. Do you, do you feel like more relaxed when, when he's dialed in like that? It seems like every game he comes up with a high danger save like as a forward. Does that just make you exhale a little bit? Like? I don't know that you relax. I think uh, I think his calmness and his poise um, does radiate in the sense that you know we know he's going to do his job, and it makes you want to play hard for him because... Um, you don't want to let great efforts that he puts out go to waste, you know. And, and we have at points this year, and, and even when the game's six-three, there at the end, guys are committed to getting blocks, making plays because uh, you know he bails us out time and time again. So um, you know we want to return that favor.
What did you make of No Hannafin's performance tonight? Three, three points in that third period. Yeah, he was big time. Uh, I mean, you kind of said it. Three points at, at the most critical point of the game. Uh, he stepped up, you know, made some really impressive plays. Um, nice shot, pass, broken stick. To me. <laughs> We've been working on that one for a while. So. Glad he pulled that one out at the right time. Uh, he's a great player. He's he's calm. He's poised. He's a great skater. Uh, he does all the things on our own end. So anytime a guy like Noah can get rewarded uh, with with offensive contributions, um, obviously it helps our team win. But you're happy for him to to get on the board. Smith's backhand too, right? Yeah, it was pretty silky. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't know if he surprised himself, but he the bench got pretty fired up about that one. There you go. That is Blake Coleman post-game. Couple of goals for him. Hear him talking about Noah Hannafin, his three-point night. Uh, Jacob Markstrom, very solid as well. Following a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. It is time for tonight's Save of the Game, brought to you by Shane Holmes with Jacob Markstrom getting the start in net tonight. And Jacob's Save of the Game comes in period at number three. And Norris is going to chip it in and chase it. Markstrom out of his head, backhand to Danderson. He turns it over, it's loose in front. Markstrom diving back, makes a spectacular save. He looked like Superman stopping that puck. And that one of the 30 stops made by Jacob Markstrom tonight. And that is his save of the game brought to you by Shane Holmes. For every save a Flames goaltender makes, Shane Holmes makes a donation to Kids Sport Calgary. Visit ShaneHolmes.com, the better way to build. Solid outing for Jacob as well as he continues to be outstanding for the Flames between the pipes. 30 more stops in this one this evening. Okay, let's uh, dive in on the text line for the first time as the phone lines are open. Open at 403-240-4444. But to the text line first, we go at 960-960, starting with Leandro, who says the comeback kids get it done again. Markstrom with a couple of bad bounces that didn't go his way, but made the big saves when he had to. Once again, solid night to see both of my guys, Huberdo and Markstrom, getting on the score sheet. Congrats to Backlund for being second all-time in Flames games played. Well earned. And how about Lindholm looking like Messi kicking that to Huberdo? Safe to say they've won the Sharon Govich trade with Jersey at this point as well. No, I wouldn't say it's safe to say they've won it. I, I, I think it it's so far... Well, you can say right now, because Toffoli's been great for New Jersey, it's a deal that I think is going to work out for both teams. Regardless of what Toffoli does, and regardless if if Toffoli ends up signing there or not, I think New Jersey's going to get what they wanted out of this, and the Flames, I think, are going to get So I, I, I think it's... I think it's trending towards a win-win. I really do. And, and we'll see how it continues with Sharon Govich. If Sharon Govich has one goal next year. Well, then I think we're singing a different tune. But right now, it looks like a pretty, pretty win-win trade if you uh, take a look at the first half of the season for the Flames and the first half of the season for the Devils. It's been a solid fit on both sides. So what I will say is all those people talking about how um, how the Flames were fleeced in this one, they, they, they seem to have quieted down a little bit because – you know, those hot takes before either players played a game or those hot takes after one month of the season were, were maybe a little premature. I will say that. Um, 
This from Ben and Cougar, Cougar Ridge, who says, why not put Sharon Govich out for the empty net to get him some, uh, get him a chance for the hat trick? Also, what'd you think of Kuznetsov? Thought he held his own for the most part. Yeah, I, I didn't, you know, for for um, limited action when it was all said and done in his NHL debut, Kuznetsov played 11-11. Thought he was fine. Um, had a really nice uh, first shift, as Mark Savard talked about. Um, maybe spent a little bit too much time in his own zone, but you know what? Yeah, the the I, I I thought that overall he was. Um, I thought he was, and and that's not just his fault, by the way. If you're spending too much time in your own zone, I thought I thought it was good. I thought he was confident. Uh, jumping up when he needed to. I thought for the most part his defensive reads were solid, um, and honestly. As the night went along, one thing that was resonating in my head about Kuznetsov was what uh, what we what we've heard from whether it was Wes Gilbertson earlier Tuesday on Flames Talk or what Megan Mickelson talked about pregame when. You don't notice him as the game goes along. It's probably a good thing, and and certainly you noticed him early on because one of the goals went off his skate and in, which is just a bad break. And he was also jumping in and and taking some shots and and putting pucks towards the net. But as the game went along, just a pretty quiet game. And again, only played eleven minutes, but I thought that it was a quiet eleven minutes, which is a good thing knowing the way Kuznetsov plays. So I thought it was a solid NHL debut. Good on him. Um what else we got here on the text line at 960-960? This says, uh, a lot to like in that third. Hannafin, really nice moves and a goal. Hoping he's re-signed as he seems to be elevating his game. Lindholm with a nice, nice skate pass. Starting to see some chemistry working with Lindholm, Huberto, and Sharon Govich. Sharon Govich is making it easier to accept the Toffoli trade the way he's hit his stride. Pospisil, solid hit on a Kachuk and a Brady not happy. Markstrom was solid. Really, no criticism with how they fought back to tie three times and then take over. Uh, they said the Flames had an awesome third. Noah Hannafin's just outstanding with three points and solid IQ. I'd sign him for at least five years because he's not that old with awesome skating. What would you do with Hannafin? Well, if you're signing Hannafin, it's going to be for seven or more likely eight years. That's how you're going to keep him. Um, I I still am 55-45 on the trade side of things as it stands right now, but if they were to sign him to an eight-year deal, I, I think that you would not be upset with that. I don't think I would be overly critical of an eight-year deal. And if it's eight times seven and a half, I don't think I would be overly critical of it because he's a good player. He turns 27 in a couple weeks, and he's we, – we know he's a good skater. We know that he can play minutes. He's a very solid number three defenseman. I think he probably straddles kind of being a two-three, and and that's probably where he's best slotted. He's been on Calgary's best pairing with him and Hannafin. Uh, sorry, him and Tanev this year. If they were to re-sign him, and that chance is very much still out there, and the door remains open for it, I think that I, I don't think it would be. One of those situations where you regret it if you're the Flames. I also think that with the way he's playing, what you could get for him in a trade would be significant, and that also has to be waived. Uh, sorry, it has to be weighed. So for me, I still lean towards dealing, kind of in a 55-45, but I understand those who want to keep him, 
and I don't think the Flames would be making a poor move if they did that. Um, this says, first of all, goal on the first shot of the game again. That has to be some sort of NHL record. No. And giving up a goal with 10 seconds left in the period, all too familiar. Not going to lie, I was quite frustrated after two periods. Great comeback in the third. Love seeing that grind. Sharon Govich has turned into a clutch return in the Toffoli trade, and Coleman's playing the best hockey of his career. He's without a doubt their best player right now. Go Flames. That's from Scotty in Victoria. Uh, this says Backlund's milestone highlights something this organization has had as a whole. Iggy's the only Hall of Fame superstar that stayed here long term. The other active games leaders for other teams are superstars and future Hall of Famers. Backlund's only here because he wouldn't be as important anywhere else. See, I, I think that that is maybe um, that, that first of all, I, I don't know, like why, why feel the need to take away from somebody's accomplishment, number one? Number two, Backlund's a pretty damn good hockey player. And, and number three, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I mean, have they had uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Matt Kachuk, Joe Newendike, Al McKinnis, Jerome McGinley, all these types of things. Yeah, lots of guys have all left the organization. I grant you that. That shouldn't take away from Michael Backlund's milestone, though. I, r- I really don't think it should. Uh, this from Ash, who says, Exciting win despite the brutal turnovers. It's encouraging to see Pospisil's physicality and recent production, too. I'm curious to know if you think the Avalanche would trade Gerard instead of Byram in a Lindholm trade despite the potential negative optics of trading him when he just returned from the NHL's player assistance program. Uh, it's a fair question. I think that he could be a guy that uh, the Avalanche think about moving. I, I do not think that they would be trading Byram. I really do not believe Colorado would move Byram in a Lindholm deal or any other deal. Um, do I think they might with Gerard? Yes, but I still think if they had their druthers, they would push as hard as they can to not be taking any impact players off their roster. They, they are clearly dialed on a cup run, and so... Yeah, getting Lindholm is what they need, but do they want to subtract elsewhere or are they more comfortable giving up hefty future returns for a guy like Lindholm or somebody else of that uh, of that ilk? This from Stafford, who was at the Dome tonight. Uh, that was an ugly win. Highlights were um, Pop, Pospisil, Hannafin, and Markstrom, but defensively, uh, for lots of time out there, they looked lost. And let's not talk about that poor excuse of a power play. They need new direction in whoever's steering that disaster. Don't get me wrong. I'll take the two points begrudgingly, knowing it'll keep us statistically in the playoff race. But the reality is keeping them at the top of the cellar dwellers and also Rands doesn't do them any favors. High enough to put them in the middle of the pack, but not low enough to generate any top-tier draft picks. March 6th cannot come soon enough to determine what direction this club takes moving forward and then two days later after March 6th Stafford the trade deadline hits which will also be important I'm just giving you a hard time he meant the trade deadline which is March 8th not March 6th I'm just being a dink Um, just because Stafford's a regular texter Uh, this from Mike solid win lots of good individual efforts by a plethora of guys who put the work boots on nice stat line by Hannafin good to see him raise his trade value hopefully and this says Sharon Govich so hot right now yeah, that Hansel's so hot right now. Sharon Govich, 
two goals. Uh, I believe Wilsey said 16 points in his last 16 games. He's been uh, he's been a real nice find for him and has really gotten into his groove over the last little bit. Great stuff so far on the text line. Keep them coming at 969.60. Now to the phone lines we go at 403-240-4444. Following a Flames 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators here at the Dome. This is your Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's Steinberg along with you tonight. Let's uh, kick it off on the phone lines by saying hello to Cole. What's going on, Cole? How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Very good. Yeah, I was just just at the game, and I thought it was a good uh, comeback win for the boys tonight. Yeah, they played well tonight, man. Like I, that third period, they uh, they they ran into um, a goaltender who was ready to let some goals in. And but the the thing that I think is is most important is they stuck with it tonight, right? Like they even yeah. one nothing, two one, three two. They they stuck with it and uh, down after forty, they had a nice start to the third. That was a uh, that was a solid game. Yeah, after after the second period, uh, they never never gave up. Just kept kept going with it, stuck to the plan, and it worked out for them in the end. Yeah, yeah. So I thought uh, Zari had a great game. Uh, I thought yeah, I actually thought he was that whole line was really strong and on it. Zeri looked dangerous offensively. Uh, Pospisil was all around it, um, and and Kadri with a couple more points. He's up to uh, now. Does that put him at on the season? That puts Kadri up to thirty-two points in forty-one games. Gets his six hundredth career NHL point. Yeah, thought it was. Uh, Thought it was a solid night for that line, and yeah, I thought Zeri was was really dangerous, dynamic looking tonight. Yeah, I think they'll be able to keep this momentum going into the little road trip they've got coming up, and then with the dads with them, it's always going to be always going to be good. Yeah, and I believe the last time they did their dad's trip, which this game is included in the record, so the last time they did their dad's trip, I believe they were 3-0. and I think they're 6-0 and in their last two dad trips, so see if they can uh, keep that going. Yeah, this one, that would make it 7-0. and They're 1-0 to start the dad's trip, and then two on the road in warm climate. See if they can keep that going. Yeah, I think, I think it'll be a good trip for them. Hopefully they can keep it going for the second half of the season. Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to be better in the second half of the season. 500 in the second half. I guarantee you if the Flames go 500 in the second half of the season, they'll miss the playoffs. So they're going to probably need to be in the second half of the season somewhere in the range of seven or eight games above 500 if they're going to want to truly be in the mix to make the playoffs. Yeah, I think uh, if we keep it going, get some get some good wins coming after, coming after the half and then got a little break coming up. So it should be good. Yeah. We'll see how it goes, Cole. I appreciate the call tonight. Yeah, have a good one. You too. The full lines are open at 403-240-4444. Text line open at 960-960 as well. Give us a call on this uh, Tuesday night following a Flames 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. We say hello to George. What's going on, George? Not much, buddy. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing all right. Oh, that's good, my friend. Well... That was a much better effort uh, tonight after that disastrous debacle against the Rockford Ice Hogs on Sunday. So I'll give them that much. Yeah, that was no good on Sunday. That was really ugly. No good, but yeah, it's come and gone. I've talked a lot about him this year, Patty, but I mean, what a game by Connor Zari. Honestly, I think 
this is my opinion. I think that may have been his best game as a flame so far. And that says something because he had a lot of good games. But, again, it's not just the points. It's just what he does. Like the screen on the one goal, I don't think he even got an assist on that one. He sc- I remember who scored the goal. He, I think it was Lindholm. He just did an awesome, awesome. No, it was Hannafin. I apologize. It was Hannafin. Yeah. Hannafin's goal. The, yep. screen, the screen on there. Just, again, man, so young, such a smart player, such good hockey IQ. It's funny because with, you know, uh, Connor Bedard unfortunately going down to injury now, we don't know how long he'll be out, but the Calder race all of a sudden got really interesting because I recall when Connor, uh, when Connor McDavid got hurt, that, uh, let's be honest, that injury cost him the Calder trophy that year, no doubt. So, um, it's going to be interesting. I know Brock Faber from Minnesota is getting a lot of love as he should. What he's doing for that team is utterly impressive, especially as a defenseman. But, man, I don't know. Maybe it's me. I feel like not enough people in general, and when I say not enough people, not Flames fan, but just people in the NHL aren't talking enough about how how well Connor Harry has played as a rookie. I think he's been so impressive. Yeah, and uh, I, I think he's having a great rookie year. I think that he is, and and he's jumped right in and made an impact, uh, and, and made that impact immediately. It's been uh, it's been good to see. And I mean, look, there's some ups and downs, and uh, the the work at the other end of the ice. The coaching staff will be the first to tell you that they they need some uh, improvement. Got not not even improvement. Just got to keep on working with him on on the away from the puck play and and some of the um, some of those the smaller details getting pucks deep and limiting turnovers but what he's done for this group offensively uh i i don't even know if they're a 500 team if he doesn't jump into the roster at the beginning of uh november he's made that type of impact so good on him he's been uh he's been a real revelation for him this year yeah, completely agree. And you're right. Are you gonna? Are you gonna? Uh, are you gonna give? Are you gonna give Hannafin some due? Like you are the world's yeah, biggest Hannafin hater, and he went plus five with three points and has been very, very good for them of late. Buddy, don't worry because I was going there next. I, you know, you scare me sometimes because honestly, I'm I'm being totally serious. Sometimes I think you're reading my mind and it scares <laughs> me because you don't. You know, I'm serious. You don't know how many times, especially this season, for some reason, where. I've I've had a point that I was going to make, and you segued me right into it without even knowing it. It's starting to scare me a little bit, Patty. If you can read my mind, then <laughs> that's some crazy stuff. But I was, honestly. Um, for me, and this may have been the best game I've ever seen him play as a flame. Uh, if not one of. He was excellent. And to be honest, he has been excellent the last month and a half, maybe more. He's He's actually had a really good year this year. I didn't like him at the beginning of the year. But let's be honest. I didn't like anybody. Like, October was a disaster for this. If not for October, like, we might be having different conversations with this team. October, when it's all said and done, we're going to look back. October is what really tanked this team, especially if they do end up missing the playoffs, which is very likely. We're going to look to October as to why. You know, it, it, it's plain and simple. You can't go 2-7-1. and one. Um, And then it's very difficult to recover from that, especially the team that's not – doesn't have the offensive prowess or gifts as Oilers, et cetera. But, yeah, I'm going to give Hannafin his due. He was great tonight. He's been, you know, great for most of the year. And uh, I still would rather trade him. And it's nothing against the player. Like, yeah, I've, I've had my issues with him in the past, for sure. I'll admit it. I, I won't deny that. Um, I'm still not a fan of his defensive game. But the bottom line is, I'll say this about Hannafin, when you're doing what he's doing right now offensively, like Eric, Eric Carlson has never been known for his defensive game. But when he, when a player like that does what they do offensively, like for me, it makes up, 
makes up for it, you know. And he's been he's been great. He's been dynamic. He's also um, been very good defensively, man. Like Hannah Fontana is the best pairing on the team. He has been this year. Yes, I will agree with you. I can't take that away. Like he's been better. Honestly, every facet of his game for the last since November has been good. I can't. I mean, I can't argue. It's it's facts are facts, Patty. You, you, let, let's get something straight. Whenever I quote unquote hate on a player, it's not like like I want to like. If I had my brothers, every player on the Flames would be awesome and successful, and we wouldn't be having these conversations. I get upset because I cheer for the logo in front of the jersey, not the name on the back. I mean, the name on the back, yes, but it's the logo first. That's why I get, like, Walker Dewar is another example who I was going to next. Like, I know the guy was a fourth liner anyway, but he's, like, he's not, to me, he's not even an NHL player right now, and I, and I hate to say that, but he's just, I don't know what happened from last year. The only saving grace to him is we got him at a very good contract, so it's not like, He's taking up a bunch of calorie, salary cap space, right? But, like, man, it's just so disappointing. I, just because I was so high on Walker Gore last year, to see where he's fallen has really disappointed me. Yeah, I mean, it's it's that, that entire fourth line has been disappointing this year, no doubt about it. Um, and the... Uh, the, the the drop from Dewar is not necessarily one that I saw coming. Like, I don't know if I was on board with saying, oh, yeah, yeah watch out, Walker's going to score 20 goals this year. Because, you know, that was one of the narratives. Like, oh, you know, he would have been on pace for 20 goals, you know, had, had he played a full season last year. I don't know if I saw that coming, but I still saw him being, like, a really effective Fourth line, hard forechecking, effective guy with a right shot who can chip in a little offensively. We just have not seen that anywhere near as as consistently as we did last season. In fact, it's it's can't remember the last time that you've come away from a game and said, "Yeah, Walker Dewar's played like that guy." No, it honestly it was last year. I, there hasn't been one game really. I don't think this year that he's impressed me which goes to say something, but it is what it is. Uh, a final one for you here, my friend, Patty. Uh, speaking of the fourth line, Dylan Dubé, look, he deserved to be scratched tonight. And at the same time, I hope this is a, the kick in the pants he needs to get his game going because for as much as there's been talk about Huberto and Manjapani at times this season, like we need a lot more from Dubé too. Like he had a great year last year and, you know, a player of that age, his trajectory should be going upwards, not downwards. So, um, yeah, he need if if this helps him, great. I think like sometimes I'm in favor of healthy scratches just because sometimes it's the kick in the pants that players need, and sometimes that methodology doesn't work, right? So I hope it does for him though, because I do like the player. I think he's an important important part of of the you know the team going forward because he is a young player, someone I wouldn't want to get rid of. But if he plays like this, you may not have a choice. So hopefully that's a that's a good sign for him. Uh, as always, my friend, thank you thank you for having me on, and I hope you have a great night. Thanks, Georgie. Appreciate it, man. 403-240-4444 is your phone number following a Flames 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddledome as we continue along on the program. Uh, full lines open. Got a couple of lines open if you want to jump in and chat on a Tuesday night. Text line open as well. Let's say hello to Parsons. What's up, Pars? Hey, Pat. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. How are you? I'm doing good. Um... Yeah, it was um, you know it wasn't a Picasso, but it, it was a good balance back game, especially after Chicago. So it was nice to see that we kept it together, especially in the third. Um, 
Yeah, I just, uh, if you don't mind, I, I wouldn't mind uh, pumping Sharon Govich's uh, tires a little bit here. I really like yeah. this guy, man. Um, I really like him. Uh, you know, he's, you know, I I know the trade was kind of highly speculated, but, I mean, the guy's one point behind Toffoli and... Is it, so that's, you, you, I haven't looked, so it's one point? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And not just that, but uh, Sharky's had a higher, or I mean, a harder time getting up the totem pole than Toffoli. Yeah, Toffoli's been playing with Hughes since basically the beginning of the year. Now, I know Hughes oh. is hurt now, but, uh, yeah, he's he's been playing with Jack Hughes for most of the season, whereas well, Sharon Govich yeah. has kind of been all over the place and, and spent a month on the fourth line. Correct, yeah. And, the, you know, there was times where we were even talking, like, okay, well, where does this guy fit? Like, you know what I mean? So, I mean, where Toffoli's been playing with high-end players since day one, power play number one since day one. So, I mean, for Sharky to be where he's at, um, and I think he's a better overall player. Like he's on the PK, the PP now, and everything. So um, I, I have a high amount of respect for Sharon Govich. I, I think he's a better overall player, and I really like that trade. Um, Hannafin, oh man, Pat, I, I don't know what to think about this anymore. Like it's games like this where he has a crazy game like this, and. I think to myself because I was on the, you know, the fence of yeah, let's capitalize, you know, while we can because he's a really good player mm-hmm. and he's young, right? And now I'm just thinking, uh, now I'm more on the fence because I'm thinking of timelines and everything, and you know, who do you replace him with? And I mean, he's 26, 27 coming up. I mean, even on a max deal, he'd be 34, 35. I mean. Uh, and he might potentially get better, you know? Like, that's the scary part. Yeah, and, you know, the the whole... And, and I will say that, that really, in Hannafin's career, he's... Like, he always seems to take a step year over year, and I, I think that pretty much... Every single year he takes a step, and they're not always like these huge exponential steps, but they're they're still steps. And mm-hmm. I think he's better now than he was last year. Um, I, I I mean, maybe last year was the only year that you could say that maybe there was a slight step back. Um, but most most of the time he takes a step forward, and this year he's playing on the the best pairing on the team. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, I think about other guys that were around his age, defensemen at the time, like Giordano and guys like that. And, you know, he, he's in a good spot, Hannafin. You know, like he could line up really good by the time that we have this new arena and everything. So I don't know, Pat. I, I got to say I'm kind of 50-50 now where I used to be a little bit more 70-30. Yeah, let's um, capitalize and trade him. But uh He's kind of pushed me back a little bit, so good on him for a good game tonight. Um, I think uh, Coleman again and Backlund, what an outstanding game. That's a dynamic duo, Pat. It just These guys are magnetic together. Um, nothing against Majapani or nothing like that, obviously. But No, uh, those, those two guys were like 
made to play with one another. Yeah. It's it's like you know they're like when they were like putting parts together. Like hey, you know what, Blake Coleman and Michael Backlund, they they need to play together. Like they just they complement one another so well. Yeah, they do. It, it's almost getting to the point where it's like you and George finishing each other's sentences. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, uh, I, it's the dynamic duos, George and Pat, yeah. Coleman and Backlund, yeah. There you go. Um, yeah, that's awesome. And um, Pospisil, man, I thought he had a great game. Uh, I think he had about seven hits tonight. Pat, I think this guy, yeah, like this is his first real go this year. I think this guy's a special player, Pat. I think we give this guy another year or two. Like he's a wrecking ball out there and – you know, I've always missed uh, a guy like Billy Niemann. I've always missed that kind of character on the team. And he's like that, but he's got way more potential and upside offensively. And and he's bigger, too. So, which is, I really like this guy, Pat. Um, I hope we keep an eye on him and give him opportunity as he goes along. So, um, Dubé, I, I'm kind of glad that they gave him a seat tonight. I think it's important that maybe he takes a game or two to kind of watch what's going on. Um, nothing against the player. It's just, he's been getting stagnant and even the coach admitted like, yes, it's partially on us for minutes and everything. But I mean, it's also up to the player too to take advantage of his minutes when he gets well, it. For so, sure. For sure. So, I mean, I, I, I wish him the best Pat, um, because he's got, he's got the toolbox. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And I thought uh, Marky did his job tonight. He kept us in it. And Huberto, I think he's got six points in six games. And um, I think that Lindholm, I thought he played a really gritty game tonight. Um, really gritty. And I think that that line is really gelling. And I'm really happy to see that because I also want to see that backline line stay together. So, mm-hmm. um Overall, I mean, I'm glad we got the W. Uh, that's what matters, and uh, we'll take it from there, buddy. Good to hear from you, Pars. Be well, buddy. You too, man. Take care. We'll talk soon. 403-240-4444 is your phone number. Following a Flames uh, 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators here at the Scotiabank Saddledome. Let's uh, say hello to Dan on the phone lines tonight following a win over the Sands. What's going on, Dan? Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm making the wonderful trip from Calgary to Vancouver by driving, and it's been horrible the whole way. Oh, boy. Just be safe. Where where are you as we're talking to you right now? I just left Kamloops. Okay, you just left Kamloops. Oh, so now you're going on to the Coke. I don't know what the weather's like. Uh, what what the weather's like in Central BC, but um, if if it's as bad as it is out here, just uh, be safe on the Coca-Cola, eh? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, So this year with the Flames, I really don't know much what to say about them. My whole shtick with the Flames this year has been, I guess. So everything they do, they'll be like, oh, (laughs) you know, they lost five minutes straight, I guess. You know, that's really the only approach you can have with them. But halfway through the season now, I wanted your take on what you thought were the three bright spots and the three worst spots with the Flames halfway through the season. Oh, boy, you're putting me really on the spot. Not even one and one. Three. Okay, three bright spots. Um, and and I, I'm not, I don't have um, a ton of time to think of it, so I, I may miss one uh, or may overlook one on either side. So text line 
go easy on me. Um, but uh, three bright spots. Well, number one, I'll group. I'll group kind of the the youth. I, I'll, I'll group. Pospisil and Zeri together as as one because they came up at the same time, one game apart. Zeri came up on November first, and then Pospisil debuted on November fourth. So I'll, I'll go with those as uh, as one because both have jumped in and both have surprised everybody with how much of an impact they've made. So I'll go with that as one. Number two, I'll say Jacob Markstrom's bounce back um, because he had a not as good season statistically and not as good season as we're used to last year. And he's bounced back really nicely and has been no questions asked the number one uh, the number one goalie on the team. So I'll, I'll go Jacob Markstrom as two and then I, you can't you can't not go Blake Coleman. He's on he's on pace for 34 goals. He's going to shatter career highs in points and goals if he continues this way. So I'll go Coleman as my third. Am, am I am I missing any in there for you? No, those were pretty solidly my my picks as well. Uh, Markstrom's bounce back for sure. Blake Coleman's been a ray of sunlight and the, the young guys coming up, I, I mean, I would loot, uh, group together all of the, the young guys for the most part. Like all, It seems like all the guys who keep coming up are doing quite well, except for, you know, the injuries, of course. Yeah. And then my uh, my three on the other side, I would say, and and uh, with with the caveat that Jonathan Huberdo has six points in his last six games, which is which is definitely a positive. Um, but I would say the offensive struggles and and just the overall continuation of the struggles for Jonathan Huberdo through the first half of the season would would definitely have to be a negative. Um, so that would be one. Uh, I, I would say number two would be some of the guys that you were hoping and in some cases expecting to take steps forward and be more of a contributor this year. And I point to guys that are playing on the fourth line. I point to Rizichka, who's been in and out of the lineup. I point to Dubé, who has a 20-game pointless drought going on. And I point to Walker Dewar. All three of those guys we expected to be regulars. And and especially in the case of Dewar and Dubé, just build on what they did last year. Dewar is kind of a really solid fourth line guy. Dubé is a middle six point guy. Neither of those things have really happened. And Ruzichka was a guy that was really counted on and and you were kind of looking to um, you, you were looking to him to be uh, a guy who really answered the bell like this might be your last chance with the organization what are you going to do with it and then finally number three would be the power play it just it, it's been it's been pretty rough all year long so those would be the uh the three negative ones for me yeah my one for sure is definitely the power play i have no idea why that power play struggles as badly as they do they they almost shouldn't i mean they it's don't have bad. They don't have like the they don't have the game breaker that top power plays do. I mean Edmonton and Tampa Bay and and some of the NHL statistical best power plays all have those game breakers, right? The Flames don't have that, but I also don't think that they should be 
flirting with the 30s um, in in where they're ranked. Like right now, they've got the 30th ranked power play. They probably shouldn't be there. They don't have Fox. They don't have Panarin. They don't have Kreider. They don't have Hughes. They don't have uh, Kucherov. They don't have McDavid. They don't like the Pasternak. These are the guys that are on the top 10 power plays in the NHL. They don't have those guys, but they shouldn't. They shouldn't be number 30. How's that? Yeah, I think they should be like middle of the pack when it comes to power play. Yeah, they could be somewhere between 22, 15 to 22 is probably more where you'd like them to be. For sure. Agreed. Yeah, it's just, it baffles me with the power play. But all in all, you know, the season's been fine-ish. I mean, there's definitely things to improve on, but it's not a complete loss. I mean, sometimes... You know, you get those guys who want the team to be a loss so that they can get a first pick or whatever. And it's like, well, but they're not. That's not what they are. And they're not going to tank on purpose. Right. They got some big decisions to make, though. For sure they do. Well, anyways, it was wonderful talking to you, Patty, and I'll let you go here. I'm finish my drive, try and make it to Vancouver before, I don't know, 3 in the morning. Drive safe, please, okay? Oh, will do. <laughs> Thank you, man. Appreciate it. Good stuff, Dan. The full lines remain open at 403-240-4444. If uh, you want to jump in, you can do so right now. Uh, take one more call before we go back inside the Flames locker room, but lots more time for you to jump in if you want to chat tonight, 403-240-4444, or fire us a text at 960-960. final Flames over the Ottawa Senators. NN is up next. What's up, NN? Good evening, Patty. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thank you. Yeah, I uh, hope you're staying warm as well. Uh, yeah, uh, good game tonight. Uh, 6-3 win for us. Uh, great game by Yegor Sharangovich, Blake Coleman, and even uh, Connor Zarino, Hannafin. They all look great. Amazing game. Um, I want to ask you a couple of questions, though. So, first of all, uh, Manji Pane, uh, what did you think of his uh, game play uh, today as well as over the past couple of weeks? Because I know he was trending a little bit positively, but he has been taking a few unnecessary penalties too. What do you think about that? I The, the penalties are, are definitely something that has been an issue. Uh, I didn't love that one uh, that he took tonight. Thought it was a little unnecessary. Um, but generally, I've been much happier with the way Manchapani's played. And I thought that he was okay in this game today. Thought he had a couple of good moments, but I also didn't like the penalty he took. So generally, I, I think he is trending much better and that line just always seems to work when he's on it with Coleman and Backland and, and it has worked since he's been back on it. I'm very good. Okay, thanks for your input on that. Uh, my other question for you is uh, since I'm a New York Flames fan, I'm still learning about like trades and moves and everything. Uh, if a if the Flames were made to uh, do the trades uh, like before the March 8 deadline, uh, let's say, for example, especially in the defense sector, so like if uh, we are talking about no Hannafin to be moved or Chris Tanev likely to be moved, uh, would, would you, if you were, if you had the option, would you rather keep uh, somebody who's a veteran and knows about the flame system already, or would you try to move them and let the coaching team decide to bring a new system or 
how would that all stitch together? So are are you asking like whether or not I would trade or want to re-sign these guys? Yeah. Right now, Eileen trade. And I say that because I, I think this team has a very unique opportunity to um, to reshape the organization and to put them in a really good trajectory. I lean towards making some trades. Now, I don't think that it is – I don't think that it's a blanket thing. I think there are different conversations for each guy. But as of right now, on January 9th, I currently think trading all three is the, all three of the pending UFAs is the way to go. Now, in saying that, I think there's more of a conversation to be had with some than others, and and I don't know what the Flames are thinking in that regard. But if it were me, I, I still think the returns you could be able to get for these guys are are going to be really really impressive, and thus that's why I think uh, trading is the way to go. Um, but I, I do think it's kind of a, a different conversation, or um, I, I think it's like a um, it's a, it's an individual conversation for each guy. It's not it, at least for me, it's not a blanket. Just trade everybody, or just keep everybody. Andre, it sounds good. And one other question for you: uh, these uh, dad uh, the dad trips that are happening right now, especially we saw tonight, and then a couple more games ahead. Do you know the history of it, how it evolved or anything like that, or is this something new? Sorry, I asked that again? The dad trips uh, that they're Oh, the dad trip. Dad's okay, trip. Yeah. okay. Um, yeah. No, they've, they've done these many times before. They haven't done one since COVID, but uh, they used to do either a dad's trip or a mom's trip. Uh, every single season. So they they kind of identify it early in the season and then they start planning it out. So they'll take all the dads or take all the moms. Um, and, and this year it's a dad's trip. Okay, gotcha. All right, sounds good, Patty. Uh, thanks so much. Have a good night. Uh, stay warm and yeah, we'll talk to you on Thursday. Okay, and and be well, buddy. You stay warm as well. Good to hear from you as the phone lines are open at 403-240-4444. Give us a call now. Got a couple of lines open if you want to chat following a 6-3 win over Ottawa. First half of the season is done for the Calgary Flames, and they finish it right at the 500 mark. Uh, Let's go back inside the Flames locker room. Your number one star in tonight's game, Noah Hannafin, had a goal and three points all in the third period he was plus five as well here's Noah Hannafin post game inside the Flames locker room no Blake just uh, called uh, called it a shot pass that went in for the goal <laughs> how did you see that yeah that was uh that was a good fortunate bounce for us you know I uh tried shooting that and uh you know stick just exploded and luckily Coles he was there he's hot right now so he was the guy to, to be in front of the net at that time I guess yeah that, that back end though for, you, for the third goal um I'm not trying to imply that I didn't think you had an idea, but I hadn't seen that. That was that was. Yeah, no, it was good. It was just uh, it was a really good play by Posse too. Just drawing those two guys to him and gave me a, a lot of space and um, yeah, just kind of just try to make a play and get a shot on that. And, and uh, fortunately, it went in for us. But really good play by Posse. Um, on that play, also Zary did some really nice work on the boards. I mean, he mm-hmm. had the goal and the assist too. Just uh, yeah. I mean, we, we've just we've asked everyone about it, but it, it's sort of remarkable the consistency that he's been glad. Yeah, he's been he's been unbelievable. He's been a huge difference for us. I think just uh, 
just the way he plays the game, his energy, you know, and, and sometimes it can be tough being in your, in your first year in the NHL, stay consistent. It's a hard league, and, you know, I think for the most part, you know, he's been he's been unreal for us almost every game, and it's it's all his habits, is at practice, everything. You know, he's a, he's already acting like a, a pro, and, and uh, it's really good to see. Knowing what a big night it is for your captain, does that inspire the guys? Does that talk to him before the game? Yeah, no, for sure. It's a uh, unbelievable accomplishment for him, and, you know, Bax, uh, you know, he, he loves this organization, loves the city, and uh, he has so much pride playing here, and, um, you know, just to have his dad here, too, and his uh, wife and kids in the room for that before the game is pretty pretty awesome to see, so, um, you know, couldn't happen to a better guy, honestly. No, this is a third period comeback, but it was a second period comeback. It was the first period comeback. He kind of kept trailing all game and coming back. What does that say about your? Yeah, it was, it was great, you know, it's just... Uh, they control what you can, that's just what's in front of you. And I thought we did a good job at handling our emotions. And sometimes coming off a road trip like that out east, you know, playing, uh, you know, coming off a couple of tough losses for us. You know, these can be tough games coming back home. And I thought we had a really mature game out there and, and uh, a great third period, obviously. Coleman said that it was, you guys were very conscious of what happened in Chicago. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we knew tonight was going to be a huge game and we knew they were going to come out and, you know, they lost a couple of games as well. So, you know, it's going to be a battle. And, you know, these are the types of games you got to win. You know, being good at home and in front of your home home fans and coming off a road trip like that, you know, you need to get those wins. So I thought we did a really good job of sticking with it. There you go. That is Noah Hannafin post game following today's six three win over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, Megan Nicholson has already named Noah as your hardest working flame today. And for good reason. Had himself a hell of a game. Uh, so Noah Hannafin, your hardest working flame. It's time to select tonight's player with heart. Brought to you by HeartFit Clinic. And I'm going Michael Backlund. First of all, got to give Backlund his due. Uh, he tied Mark Giordano for second on the all-time games played list with his 949th game tonight as a member of the Flames. That in and of itself deserves some recognition. But I thought he was really strong in this game tonight as well played 18 minutes and 22 seconds had an assist he led the team with nine shot attempts tonight led the team with six shots tonight led the team with seven scoring chances tonight and also led the team with three high danger scoring chances on his stick Michael Backlund another really solid game for the captain and he is your player with heart tonight brought to you by HeartFit Clinic for heart fit assessments and proven treatments not available at your doctor's office visit HeartFit ca let's go back inside the flames locker room for a final time this evening how about a two-point night and a plus four for connor zary he was a big part of the win over the send as well here's connor zary post game inside the flames locker room just casual what three points would you would you see out there connor tonight oh i think uh, i just felt good i think coming into the game i felt felt good body felt good i think coming off the road trip you know sometimes we don't want to expect but i think uh like I said, physically and mentally, it felt good coming into the game, and I think we pushed, and we, we had some ups and downs in, in the game, but overall as a team, I think we, we pushed, and, and we did what we wanted to do, and uh, we had a long road trip, so, and a little bit of a disappointing loss on, on the last game there, so uh, to come home and, and get this win right before we go on the, on the road for the dad's trip is pretty, pretty special. Did you feel like this was one of your better games in the season? Yeah, I think I like I said I, I felt good out there. I think to, to kind of be around it and to, to help chip in on the score sheet and and uh, overall just try and help uh, help the team and, and, and push them forward is is what I can try and do. So <laughs> I think just trying to be consistent day in day out and, and when I can chip in is it's always a positive. Everyone says there are going to be ups and downs for a rookie in this season. With respect, I, I haven't noticed any downs for you. What has been the key to that? 
Yeah, I think personally, there's there's been games where like I I, I don't think I've. Uh, I've had games where I don't think I was good, and 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 where I had to push a little more, and and I think that just yeah, <clears throat> that just comes with confidence from the coaching staff, and and them pushing me, and and them telling me when when I need to be better, and, and when I need to keep pushing the pace and keep the pace up. So I think just little reminders like that, and, and little things in my game where uh, <clears throat> I think I've uh, I've become old enough and mature enough to realize when when I didn't have my A game. So I think it's it's uh, you're going to have those games, but just to work through and push through those times. When, uh, when people check the scoring summary, they're not going to see your name listed on Blake's goal, but it sort of starts with you forcing that turnover. Can you can you just speak to how rewarding those moments can be, even if it doesn't show up with a point? Yeah, it's it's huge. I think anytime you can help factor in on a goal, whether you're on the score sheet or not, is is always good, and it always boosts your confidence. Uh, and and people notice those things. I think when when you're out on the rink and. And you're forechecking or just doing something little, and, and I think there's been a lot of times where maybe it was me who did something, maybe it was Posse who did something, maybe it was Cats who did something, where maybe you're not getting recognized on the score sheet, but what they did would factor it in big time in the goal and most likely created it. So I think there's always little things like that that even when you're not uh, getting on the score sheet or anything like that, there's still a lot of positives to take from it. Is it cool for you? I mean, you're at the beginning of your career, to see back, and then there's kids in here reading it. Is that need for you to just kind of, kind of be able to witness it? Yeah, I think that's something very special, right? I've, I've played 30 games or something like that, and, and his next game will be 950. So uh, that's pretty incredible what he's done, and, and to have him and and his family and his daughter uh, in here reading out the, the starting lineup was, was pretty special. It, it's uh, it's always cool to see a guy and being able to have his family come in here. You know, our, our families, our parents are <coughs> significant others and whatnot, and obviously guys with kids, they do, they do so much for, for us in our careers, so it's it's pretty cool, and it kind of makes you want to play a little extra harder for, for that guy and his family when, when you see something like that. How, uh, how fired up is your dad for the next... Days. Yeah, he, he's really excited. I don't think he, he hasn't shown it too much, but I think I know in, in his head and in his heart he's, he's pretty excited. I think, uh, like I kind of mentioned with Bax and his family, I think my dad uh, and, and everyone else's dad and, and uh, guardian parent or whatnot has um, done done so much for them to get to this level and, and to be able to achieve their goals. So um, for me personally, I know my dad will be pretty excited. I think he's done done so much for me along the way, and, and he's, he's always been a mentor one of my best friends, so um, it'll be pretty cool to, to share that moment with him. Connor, was much said in the second intermission? No, I think it was just to, to stick with our game. I think Huss just said, hey, come, come in at the end of this period with, with a win. So I think that was our mentality. We knew what, what we had to do, and we had to force the play, and it gets emotion in the ozone, and I think we started to do that, and we were able to get a couple goals there and then get an insurance goal, and, and then obviously Blake with the, with the empty netter sealed it off. So uh, I think more, more for us, it wasn't about too much said. It was just going out there and taking action. There you go. That is Connor Zeri postgame. He had a couple of points and was plus four in tonight's 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. Uh, that's our final look inside the Flames locker room. Jeez, comprehensive as always. Connor Zeri, Blake Coleman, and Noah Hannafin from inside the room, plus head coach Ryan Huska. Then live with us, Yegor Sharangovich and Mark Savardi. Don't get that postgame coverage anywhere other than here on your Flames Talk postgame show on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast.
podcast and, of course, live right here on Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's uh, Steinberg along with you, and it's time to look ahead. Looking ahead, brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech, fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system. To learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer, visit oncolyticsbiotech.com. Next up, Thursday night in Arizona, big game for a couple of teams chasing down Edmonton and Seattle and uh, the rest of that uh, Nashville all in that playoff mix at the uh, top of the wild card race. Uh, The Arizona Coyotes 42 points, the Calgary Flames 41 points. Both teams were victorious tonight and they'll meet Thursday at Mullet Arena in Glendale. Flames went 2-0-1 against the Coyotes last season. Uh, The last game was a 4-3 overtime loss on March 14th at Mullet Arena. That was last year. Overall though, Calgary has absolutely owned the Coyotes in their last 12 head-to-head matchups against Arizona. Calgary is 11-0-1. So 12 straight games with at least a point, and 11 of them have been wins. So the Flames will try to stretch that. That 11-0-1 run run dates back to November of 2018. So that's next up for the Flames. Then they're into Vegas on Saturday to take on the Golden Knights at 8. And then uh, one week from tonight, they will kick off a six-game homestand against the Arizona Coyotes but first up it's on the road in Arizona on Thursday night 7 o'clock face off on Sportsnet 1 and we'll have it for you right here on Sportsnet 960 the fan with our uh, Flames warm up pregame show starting at 6 o'clock there you go that's looking ahead brought to you by Oncolytics Biotech fighting cancer by unleashing the power of the immune system to learn more about how they use a patient's immune system to battle cancer visit oncolyticsbiotech.com Okay, let's get back to the text line at 969-60 following a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. Let's uh, start here with Jerry in Vancouver Island who says, uh, my two cents, keep Hannafin, trade Markstrom, uh, Lindholm and Tanev, and get what you can for them. Hannafin's young enough and eats enough minutes that they would still have a pretty good decor. They need at least one superstar forward added to the team somehow. I know they're not easy to find, and then for Calgary to keep. Um... This says, what happened to Pospisil tonight behind the net when he got hurt? Was it a butt end by the tender or an elbow? It was so hard to tell on the replay. That comes from Tim. I don't know either. So I know what happened. Uh, Corpusalo's the, the reason there was no penalty on it was because it was uh, a total freak play. Corpusalo uh, went behind the net to play the puck. There was Pospisil, but Corpusalo's stick got jammed in the boards and stuck between two portions of the board so his st- stick got stuck so it was lodged in there like a knife and and it stayed there so that's why he got turned around and whether it was the butt end or the elbow got Pospisil in the face and and that's why they got all tangled up so it was a total freak accident but that is what it looked like happened that's kind of after watching it that's uh, that's definitely got his stick jammed up in the board um, this says uh, from Brad and Chestermere, how is Manjapani leading the team in penalty minutes? That's costing the team. Not like he's a physical presence. They're all stick penalties. That's unacceptable. I know the coaching staff would agree about the stick penalties. Uh, I don't believe he is leading leading them in penalty minutes. Uh, He is now up to 26 on the year, but he's one of them. Uh, Blake Coleman and Nazem Kadri each have 30. Um, Those are the guys leading the way. But yes, 
Too many stick penalties for sure from Andrew Mangiapane. There's no doubt about that. This from Paul in Chestermere who says, what do you think of Tanev and Vladar for Minton, Samsonov, and Liljegren? I don't think you'd be able to get that much from Toronto for Tanev and Vladar, but if you could get, um, just talking Tanev and Vladar, if you could get, you know, I mean, I, I don't think you're going to get both of the younger players in, in Minton and Liljegren, but if you could get Minton, uh, Samsonov potentially, although I don't know if you need that, but maybe to make the money work you might need to do that, and a pick, like a third or something like that, maybe. Maybe that's something that you're talking about. Um, that, that seems like not completely out of the question um, if you're talking about a trade with the Maple Leafs. This comes from Amy, who says, absolutely loved Pospisil's game tonight. Even if he doesn't score, he's still very effective. Have really enjoyed watching his game develop. And you're right, Amy, he was, like, he had the Senators at his throat, and I, I think at times that got Ottawa off their game a little bit, and uh, again, I go back, go listen to Craig Conroy as he broke down the first half of the season with us on Flamestock earlier on Tuesday. It's available right now wherever you get your podcasts. And, you know, go listen because he talks about just that. Like when Martin Pospisil has the other team wanting to chase him down and, and they, they they look like they want to kill him, well, that's um, – um, that's when he's at his most effective uh, because that's when he is – on the edge, and Martin Pospisil plays best when he's on that edge. So I'm with you, Amy. Uh, this is from Brian. Great game by the boys tonight. What sucks is Huberdo and Lindy are starting to get some chemistry, and then Lindholm will be gone. Congratulations to Bax. I mean, it does feel like they're playing the best that they have played together since Huberdo got here to begin last season. I will agree with that. I don't know if that should change the approach, though, when it comes to moving Lindholm. This from Jeff in Lethbridge, who says, Tonight the team showed energy and intensity. The consistency of these traits overall night to night is lacking. With the parity in the league, I feel this is what most often sets the great teams apart from the average. Can the boys manufacture the required energy needed to compete more consistently going forward? I'm not confident of this at all. And and Jeff, what I would say is I, I'm with you in that I do think for me consistency is the biggest separator of the elite high end teams and the middle of the road teams. No team plays the same way 82 games. No team is consistent for 82 games, but the elite teams it's a surprise when they're off or when they aren't playing at the level that they've established for themselves. With teams like the Flames, the Predators, the Wild, the Blues, Seattle, teams that are in the middle of the Western Conference pack, those are the ones that establish a standard and you see what they're capable of and what level they're capable of being at. But the amount of times you see it and how often it swings back and forth and the lows in terms of the way they look and how often you see those lows, that's that's the symptom of being a middle-of-the-road team. The inconsistent teams like that, that's why they're not elite. 
the elite teams are able to sustain that far more often over the case of seven months and 82 games. This from Chris in Regina, who says, wondering what the Flames should do with Dubé. They get a win tonight and now hit the road for a few. Should they keep the same lineup or swap him in and hope his healthy scratch gets him going? I'd swap him in because I was not enamored with the fourth line in this game tonight. So I... Yeah, I, I I think that I would absolutely if I if I were the Flames I'd, I'd think about putting him back in Thursday against Arizona. They scratched him for one, and that was to hit the reset button. And yeah, then I think going right back to him makes a lot of sense and getting him back in. And it's not like the fourth line had a great game. Greer, Rizicka, and Dewar were pretty pedestrian, and and I thought struggled as the game went along. So. To me, going back to Dubé would make a a lot of sense for uh, the game Thursday in Arizona and see if sitting and watching for a game gets you the um, desired results. Great stuff tonight on the text line at 960-960. Let's get back to the phone lines. Three more calls tonight before we wrap it up on our Flames Talk postgame show, starting with Ryan. What's going on, Ryan? How you doing, Pat? Good evening. I am well. How are you, sir? I'm actually doing quite well, thanks. Um, I, that uh, makes me happy. To, it does because you know the national championship down here in the states and everything. It's you don't like the Huskies because you're a duck, and yeah, I'm just glad it was competitive. But I wanted to bring up one. Who who who, who do you who do you cheer for then? I, like, I know you. Oh, I'm an Oregon duck, so I cannot. You're a duck guy. Okay. Happy. Okay. Yeah. Yep. All right. Yeah. Then yeah, obviously you don't like Washington, so you were happy. Well, to in see the very near Michigan future, win. we'll be winning the. Yeah, we'll be winning the Big Ten over both of them soon. So it's all well. Good. You know what? In five years, you'll probably be in the SEC. So who knows? It does make sense with uh, the Cal Bears being in the Atlantic. The Ca- Cal, Stanford, and uh, Southern Methodist. Yeah. Southern Methodist, all in the uh, ACC. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway, I I'm I, I'm glad the Dallas was winning too. The Dallas Metro needs to do this exposure, whatever. Uh, point, talking point being line, the strength of lines, and line changes and too many changes. It doesn't seem for once there's a stasis. Like, I know you're not happy with tonight's fourth line performance, but if anything, usually it's only the fourth line we're happy with. Does it kind of like seem like that's almost worked itself out? It feels it actually it it does it does feel that way uh, over the last little bit and honestly it's kind of felt that way more often than not for maybe even the last couple of months that you have started to feel like maybe there is I like your word a little more stasis when it comes to the lines because there's really only been one change in the top nine over the last little bit and that's the swap of Mangiapane and Huberdeau Uh, otherwise the pairings have stayed the same so you've had Huberdeau sorry you've had Lindholm and Sharon Govich as a pair and now it's Huberdeau there, and they've looked good. Um, you've had Blake and Michael as a pair, and they had Huberdeau with them, and now they've got Manchapani there, which makes a ton of sense. And then Kadri Pospisil and Zeri have been a unit since the beginning of November. So, yeah, it's, it's felt like for the last couple of months almost that they've had a little more stasis, and now Huberdeau playing better with Lindholm and Sharon Govich, and that line looking good. You throw that in, and obviously you know how good Manchapani is whenever he seems to play with Coleman and Backland, yeah, it feels like maybe they've they've got that going a little bit. Yeah, that does feel good. I haven't heard that that one come up along with the, the typical talking points. So that's that's a good sign, especially the Huberto Magipani 
switch. Um, yeah, I was going to just like uh, down here, we got this guy named Dan Patrick. You may know him. They do the best of the work in weekend, worst of the weekend. But uh, the three bright spots, wanted to mention that uh, the impact of young and new players from Sharon Govich, Slobiov, Pospisil, Kuznetsov, Wolf, Zary, Sharon, they're all, I don't know if it's much love or not, but they all come in ready to play and look great. Pretty much everyone, universally. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Dennis, Gil- Dennis Gilbert, uh, get well soon. He's been amazing and unexpected. Uh, the penalty kill is one thing I thought of. I thought was a bright spot. And yep. in, clo- in closing, uh, being in Portland, the, the whole Flames team from, you know, from yourself to even, even Francis, who contributed to the available wherever you get your podcast, Flames Talk episode about keeping Noah Hannafin, which is wise. He basically organized my past 12 calls into a one distinct segment. Yeah. It's really well put together. First time in a long time. Uh, Francis, good job. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that, and um, I'm no astrologist, but I, I did want to say that it's going to be 58 in Arizona on Thursday, and I saw a negative 30 for Calgary. So, it, Yeah, it's it, going to be a bit of a swing. It's going to be a bit of a swing. Yeah. That, I, I'm sorry for that. My trips to Calgary have been a half dozen times, but usually June, July based. I've never felt that. Yeah, I don't, don't, don't. There's, there's no redeeming qualities to what the, like, I got to go start my car and uh, it's currently, well, it's only minus 15 outside right now. So it's okay. Um, And luckily I won't have to worry about starting my car outside um, on Thursday and Friday when it gets really stupid cold here like that. There's no reason I don't understand when the settlers when 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 Fort Calgary was was discovered and the settlers stayed the first winter, like why like at what point were they like yeah you know what let's do that again? (laughs) The mountains are really tall. I mean, I see why people stayed like. Hey, look, we we're we're lucky. We're we ain't Winnipeg. We ain't Edmonton. Yeah, we don't. We we get the Chinook arches, which take us from literally minus twenty five one day to minus five. Like we get twenty twenty five degree swings in in the matter of a day because we've got the Chinook arches. So that that it's that helps chill, us here. Wind chill. Yeah. yeah. All right. Cool. Um. Yeah. I just wanted to say that. Uh, let's uh, oh, yeah, Ryan Leslie, Brendan Parker, Megan Mickelson, all, all the people, Gilbertson. Uh, good thanks to them because it helps me feel more connected to the people. Uh, good job calling out George on Anathan. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I appreciated that. And you're supposed to call me out when I say I'm no astrologist because that was a layup. Because uh, I would actually, you know, astronomer, astrology, and then it's actually meteorology. So whatever. I, I, yep, you uh, went right over my head. That, those words are too big for me. <laughs> yep, too big for me. All right, good friends. Uh, well, uh, and another bright spot, as you did mention, but um, would be Markstrom. I think that just people are confident with him in net. Well, every game last year, um, whether it be the first goal thing or just the results overall, there was no confidence in a comeback possible. Well, that, and most importantly, the effort across the whole team every night, except Detroit, uh, has been there. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. That's the best thing. Sure. Take care. Sign Noah. Bye, Bye Ryan. Uh, two more calls following a 6-3 win over Ottawa. It's Bryce up next. What's up, Bryce? Oh, I'm doing okay. How are you? I'm doing well, my friend. How's the weather there? It's like probably 
it's like it's she's like, getting cold she is yeah. getting cold <laughs> so it's like we don't get it down here often but we're going like minus 13 down here <laughs> over here and then on thursday but um the question um yan could um, say that fast yan connects uh, off i i think he does pretty big he's a big guy hey he is a big guy. I was not uh, – I, I like, I've seen him before, but yeah. I just – even still when he came out this morning, I was like, damn, I, f- I always forget, like, how big this guy is in person. Yeah, he is a big, big boy. He's, like, yeah. he's got man size, even mm-hmm. though he's still pretty young. He's almost like Sidorov in, in one way, a big guy. <laughs> kind of like – Yeah, not quite as big as Z. Like, Sidorov <laughs> was massive. Yeah. But similar traits – because his uh, Kuznetsov, as you could tell, he, he's he's he could shoot too. Like he's got like he could he he checks very good. He's he's um he's got like uh, like a lot of I hockey IQ too. It's just like I know he's young, but but he I've seen it when down here too. He's and his, and and his positioning, it's very uh, he's very good at it. Once once he gets established. Like, uh, what I've saw. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and I and I think, I think with mm-hmm. him, he's going to be kind of your your prototypical stay at home yeah. D man. Yeah. Um. And 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 I don't think you're going to be looking for a whole lot of fireworks for him if no. he establishes establishes himself mm-hmm. as a full time mm-hmm. NHL guy. But. Mm-hmm. Definitely at the American League level. And he doesn't put up a ton of points at the AHL no. level either. But definitely the AHL level, I think he's got a little bit more of a of a green light to go offensively. But he's a decent skater and, yeah. and he, he, he definitely he, he he put a few towards the net tonight. Yeah, the, no the, those were those are great. They think that was awesome to see some of these guys get called up and 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 oh, another question. Um, I guess Pelche is he? I guess he's in his uh, recovery thing. Or and Rooney, are they going to get eventually called up? Yes. Yeah. I, I just right now yeah. um, they're they're both going to go to the American Hockey League. Um, essentially, what what's going to happen? I think is you know get some practices mm-hmm. in, um, get some full contact practices in, then mm-hmm. get start getting some games in. And mm-hmm. then that's going to buy the Flames some time to see how they can make room for both of them on the roster. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I don't think you're all that far away. Like, you're still probably talking multiple weeks, um, mm-hmm. maybe even into the month of February. Maybe it's not until they're back until uh, – not. Maybe it's not until they're back after the All-Star break when you really start mm-hmm. to see it. But, yeah, I think that you're absolutely in a spot where these guys are ready to return to some uh, real action, get some games mm-hmm. in at the American League, and and mm-hmm. not that far off now from getting back at the NHL level. So that's yeah, that's nice. good. Yeah. yeah, it's nice to see. And then Coronado, is, do you think, with all that going on, do you think he'll get called up to if? Well, they only if, you can only have twenty three on your NHL yeah. roster, right? Yeah. So, and they already they they're already they carrying thirteen forwards yeah. right now. So mm-hmm. it's kind of it's kind of hard. 
they're going to have to make some room. Some trades are going to yeah. have to be made. Um, yeah. Maybe a, a waiver assignment, and they're going to also have to um, see mm-hmm. what what they're like health wise too. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that's going to go into it, but there's the, a lot of things that are going to go into it. There's the the proper mm-hmm. English, and but when it comes down to it, you can only carry 23 on your active roster, right? Yeah, yeah, I. I just I would know I was just saying like when when those trades happen he'll he'll probably get the opportunity. That's, I know they would like to like, give they they'd like to yeah. make room and and get an mm-hmm. opportunity for Matt Coronado tomorrow if they could. They really like the way he's playing. They feel mm-hmm. like he's earned an opportunity. But right now it's kind of impossible yeah. with with yeah. the roster. Um, and, and the other thing that's really interesting, mm-hmm. Bryce, is they may only make one deal at forward. It might just be mm-hmm. Lindholm. And and mm-hmm. I'm not saying that, that they won't make others. I have no idea. But, you know, if it's only Lindholm, that only opens up one spot yeah. potentially. So it, it's going to be I, – I know that, I know that you know, Craig Conroy and company are – wrestling with how do we get how to what they want Pelche playing they, they're going to wait mm-hmm. they're going to be very deliberate and slow play it but they want Pelche playing they want him in the NHL but it's like okay what's the best way to get him in at the NHL level mm-hmm. and they, they want Rooney to get some opportunity mm-hmm. they really liked Rooney at camp and and they want to make room for Coronado mm-hmm. but all these things you yeah. can't just snap your finger like it, it's no. a little more difficult to do right now mm-hmm. yeah because of the contracts and but um, yeah the salary cap and and would he ever will Pelcho play with uh, um Huberto, you think? Potentially. If, yeah. yeah. I mean getting all the if 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 you know, if all of a sudden Lindholm's not here, mm-hmm. um then I think the, mm-hmm. the world's your oyster in terms of who Huberto's playing with. And yeah, I'd like to mm-hmm. see Pelche and Huberto see if they can uh, rekindle that because it worked really well last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And that those were just the questions I had, and and still I'm ex- I'm excited still with all the youngsters and and what's a, what they're gonna do and this it will be an exciting time. It's just we just gonna it's gonna take a while. <laughs> It'll take some time, but uh, yeah. I, I know the Flames don't want it to take forever. Um, no, I, no, I know that they'd like to make this a they they definitely know they need to pivot. But I, I think that their goal is for that pivot to maybe not be five to seven years, maybe kind of be more in the three, four years type type window. Okay. And uh, can I ask, I, I emailed about, uh, I gave him my address and phone number. I don't, like, I, it bounced back on me. I just thought I, Ooh, I don't what, know. What, um, what the one email on your did website, you? The one on your website. Uh, and I, oh, that. That one's probably wrong because um, you got to yeah. use my full first name. You got to use Patrick, not Pat. Try uh, or use, or try Twitter that. Use. <laughs> or use your Twitter. Try to anyway. I got but but Bryce okay. Bryce I I I, uh, I took down your phone number last call, so I've got your number. I'll, I'll be in touch. Okay, that's good. That's yeah. You have a good night and and, and enjoy. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Be uh, be well. We'll talk soon. Yeah. Bye. Thanks, Bryce. And uh, our last call tonight is Tyler following a 6-3 win over Ottawa. What's up, Tyler? Hey, I'm doing pretty good. I had a good night and went to the game tonight, took my daughter, so that was a lot of fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. How you doing? How's your night going? I'm doing all right. Well, that's good. Well, yeah, I feel like Dubé was as noticeable tonight as he's been the last couple of weeks, and I think that's a good thing for him, but... Uh, 
Yeah, I, I think next game he might get back in. Maybe they'll sit Dewar, you know, maybe give him another chance. But uh, but it'd be interesting. One thing I wanted to ask is funny, last year, like when uh, the whole Matthew Phillips things happened, and, you know, he didn't end up re-signing here, and everybody was like, oh, my God, we let him go. He's a leading scorer, and he's going to be the greatest type of thing. And it's funny, you look at it now, he's been a healthy scratch the last couple of games. He's only got, the, I think, four or five points so far this season. So it is interesting how he played with Zari last year, and, like, Zari's got so many points and doing so well, and yet Phillips, you know, seems not able to find his footing. It's, it's just kind of interesting. Yeah, and I mean, I, I I definitely think that there is a a bit of a gap between the two players in terms of their high end skill, which has really helped uh, Zary get to where he is this year, um, and and helped him do what he's doing this year. Um, and I also think that that Zary's not a huge guy, but he's still significantly bigger than Phillips, which gives him an edge as well. Yeah, for sure. Hey, one thing I also noticed in the game, uh, you know, obviously Kuznetsov comes out and does a solo lap, but a few of the other guys weren't wearing their helmets in warm-up. And, and I thought I remembered them saying that there was going to be some fines for not wearing them. Did they reverse that, or are these guys just taking the fines now for that? Uh, I don't believe it's a league rule. Um, so, okay. I yeah, you're you're allowed to go like a, a player no buckets. They had to do it now. Okay. No, I don't believe so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and I, I think Kuznetsov, I think he looked pretty solid tonight for the most part. Like, I think he was minus one, but I think he played pretty solid and did what he well, did I think, with his limited I think time, his, so. And his dash one was a real unlucky bounce, too. Like, when he was, yeah. at, like he was in the right spot, but the puck just went off his skate and in. It was kind of just a bad bounce as opposed to him being in the wrong spot or the, the wrong place, you know? Yeah, yeah, so... It'll be interesting to see him with a few more games under his belt, what he can do. So, they look good. So, but it's funny. Obviously, after most games, you guys do your interviews with the assistant coaches, usually that type of thing. And it's it's so awesome having Savard here this season. He's he's such a good interview and pretty entertaining. He's probably so much fun for these guys to have in the locker room. So, I think that's probably been a nice add for the team. I know. I like. I know that he is. Um... I definitely know that the you know he's he's been like the the guys like him and and he's not that far removed from being a pretty good player in this league so yeah for sure yeah and another question for you um, during the post or the you know after the scrums and stuff they have um, guys asking questions the ones there's one guy I can't I don't know who he is he's like a younger guy asking questions it's not like Danny Austin or or uh, Brendan Parker or any of the Sportsnet guys do you know a guy I might be thinking of. He, he he seems to ask kind of random questions sometimes. Don't make a lot of sense, but it's helpful. I I I honestly don't know who you're talking about. I I don't. Okay. And I'm also because of the way you uh, have framed it. I'm also not even going to take a guess as to who it would be. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Well, I appreciate your show. You do a great job with it, and just want you to know if he's listening, likes what you're doing, so. Well, I appreciate that, Tyler. Uh, Good to hear from you, man, and uh, be well. Thanks for the call. Thanks, Pat.
Talk to you soon. Bye. Okay, man. And uh, that'll wrap us up on the phone lines tonight. Thank you very much for all of your input on the text line. Thank you very much for all of your input on the phone lines tonight. As the Flames take a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators, it's time for tonight's final summary as we start moving towards the end of our Flames Talk postgame show. Uh, Sens open the scoring. They took a 1-0 lead at 4:09 thanks to Jacob Bernard Docker. He scores his fourth to make it 1-0. Ridley Gregg and Dominic Kubalik with the assist. But 55, sorry, 44 seconds later. Connor Zeri ties it for Calgary. His ninth unassisted at 4.53. We were tied 1-1. Late in the first, Kubalik puts the Sens back up 2-1. His ninth from Greg and Jacob Chikrin at 19.57. It was 2-1 Sens after 20. Early in the second, Yegor Sharangovich scores to tie the game. His 13th from Jonathan Huberdeau and Elias Lindholm at 3.50 to make it 2-2. But again, Sens go back out in front on a Brady Kachuk goal at 12.30 Kachuk's 17th from Claude Giroux and Drake Batherson, a power play goal, and it was 3-2 Sens after 40 minutes of play. Early in the third, Flames tie it yet again. This time it's Noah Hannafin, his seventh of the year, 47 seconds in. Hannafin from Martin Pospisil and Zeri to make it 3-3. Then the Flames take the first lead at 8:57. Blake Coleman scores his 16th of the year to make it 4-3. Coleman from Hannafin and Nazem Kadri at 8:57, and then about seven minutes later, Sharon Govich scores again for a little insurance, his 14th from Hannafin and Kadri at 15. 45 for Nazem Kadri, his 600th NHL point, and then Blake Coleman seals it into an empty net with his team-leading 17th of the year from Michael Backlund at 17-11. That makes it 6-3, and that would end up being your final score. Final shots were 37-33 in favor of the Flames. Calgary 0 for 2 on the power play. Ottawa 1 for 3 with the man advantage tonight. Your three stars in the building, number 3, Blake Coleman, number 2, Yegor Sharangovich, and with three points tonight, and a plus five rating. Noah Hannafin is your number one star. With the win, Calgary wraps up the first half, first half of their season at 18-18-5. They're back in action Thursday on the road in Arizona. While Ottawa falls to 14-22-0, they're back in action Thursday on the road in Buffalo. That is your final summary. And now for everyone involved in Flames Hockey tonight, for our broadcast crew of Derek Wills and Megan Mickelson, for our on-site engineers, Tim Khalil and Evan Cody, for our reporter, Logan Gordon, and for our outstanding producer, Shan Vergie. My name is Pat Steinberg. That'll wrap us up on our Flames Talk postgame show, which is available on Apple, Spotify, Google, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcast. Next up for the Flames, it's Arizona on the road on Thursday night. That is a 7 o'clock face-off, which means we're on the air with your Calgary Flames warm-up at 6 o'clock. Have yourself a wonderful rest of your week. Final score from the Scotiabank Saddledome. The Flames wrap up the first half of their season with a 6-3 win over the Ottawa Senators. This has been your Flames Talk post-game show, available wherever you get your podcasts, and this has been Calgary Flames Hockey on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.